about the future innovations and growing strength in the air this is finding your frequency with your hosts jeff spinard and ryan treasure it's time to speak up share your voice and hear from the thought leaders Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another fantastic episode of Finding Your Frequency. I'm your host today, Ryan Treasure. And boy, do we have a treat for you guys today. You know, today is Wednesday, the 27th of November, and tomorrow is Turkey Turkey Gobble Gobble Day. Everybody's getting ready to make Thanksgiving a fun family time. You know, I can't wait. My grandmother's going to be in town. We're going to have some apple pie, homemade. Uh, My cousin is smoking a turkey this year, so I'm super excited and hope all of you guys are excited as well. But as we kind of round out uh, the the fall feeling and and get past the Thanksgiving time and rolling into uh, Black Friday and all the shopping stuff that happens uh, between the you know Black Friday and Christmas, man, there's there's a lot of stuff that happens. And you know, for those of you who don't know, holiday fraud is extremely huge. It's probably the biggest time of year that fraud happens for banking. Uh, and so we wanted to bring on an expert in the space to talk about that and find out a little bit about how you can protect your money this holiday season and make the most out of your cash. So today we're going to talk to Carrie Sumlin. She's the digital consumer executive for Ally Bank, the consumer obsessed banking arm of Ally Financial. In this role, she oversees all activities related to the bank's digital and mobile deposit strategy. Carrie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me today. We really appreciate you jumping on. You know, uh, I got a family, I got kids, I got extended family, and man, do we do a ton of shopping on the internet. Um, I should have bought stock in Amazon however many years ago. <laughs> uh, you know, I work my Prime account out to its to its most and uh, appreciate you jumping on because I think this is a good time of year to kind of remind people and have a discussion about, you know, how important it is to protect your money around the holidays. But before we get into all of those tips and tricks and some of the things that you know you guys are doing at ally i want to learn a little bit about carrie uh as we always discuss on finding your frequency for us uh, when we talk to our, our 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 guests on the show it's all about the journey it's all about you know how you ended up where you are because you know for me i'm in radio because i followed my passion i just i loved playing records when i was a kid and using turntables and talking to people and doing interviews and you know so i just i just kind of followed that passion and then uh, here i am 23 years later still working in media and doing this but what about you carrie how did you find your frequency in life and in business and end up uh, with having this great job with digital banking. Yeah, no, thank you for asking. So um, I graduated from college in the mid-90s, dating myself a bit here. Um, But my first job was at a bank, um, which was First Union Bank, which is now Wells Fargo. And uh, even early on there, as the internet was coming together and we were trying to figure out uh, what it is that we could offer or do uh, on our digital property there, uh, it was really the er- early stages of thinking about what type of experiences customers wanted to have in this new, and, and at the time was a new, uh, a new channel, which was really just, you know, the web, the mobile um, components hadn't really been 
brought to market at that point. And, you know, I really personally enjoy the uh, technology aspect of uh, the work we do and bringing uh, technical, technical solutions to life for consumers so that we can, um, and I can make their lives easier and better and that we're giving them tools and services that make a difference in how they uh, kind of live day to day. And working at a company like Ally really you know, provides an opportunity to do that with a company whose who's mission is to do it right for our customers and, and come up with things that uh, make it easier for customers to manage their money and manage their lives uh, as they go about them from day to day. Well, thank the good Lord for people like you in this world, because uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's important to me, especially that there's forward looking people who understand that, you know, there's uh, consumers using technology and, you know, the consumers that use the technology that banks create are, 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 are there, you know, the, those users, they're, they're of different user levels. You know, I would consider myself like expert UI user where, you know, like my grandmother's not so much. And so building tools yeah. for the banking community has got to be a little challenging because you've got to make sure from, you know, the time of, of, of scope and build and, and deployment that across all phases of those things that the user experience um, is a beneficial one for a very broad range of people, right? Yeah, absolutely. We have to think about it from exactly what you just described, a user who is very advanced to a user who may only be having their first or second online banking experience or mobile banking experience. And so as we go to design those experiences and to create them, uh, we need to make sure that we pressure test them across all of those different types of uh, users that we have that make up our customer base as well. And that's critically important to us to uh, make sure that we're designing and developing and delivering software that works for all types of users um, in, in the interactions that we create and uh, the, the way that we, uh, you know, explain uh, different methods and uh, banking techniques and, and uh, kind of bank speak things. We, we really pride ourselves at Ally on being able to speak to the customer in a simplistic and non-jargoned kind of fashion. And so we try to demystify everything that we do. And even advanced users can appreciate the demystification of things like, you know, ACH and the automated clearinghouse and how, how banks move money, uh, those sorts of things. We, we really try to bring that to, to people in a, in a more human and a human way. That's awesome. I want to talk about holiday spending, but as you, as you're yeah. talking about your, your, your user experience, I can't help to think of, you know, some technologies that are on the horizon. And I'd really like to get your feedback on this. Uh, I just recently came back from an event in Hollywood. So it was called infinity festival in Hollywood. And one of the things that was really interesting, right. Is the, the premise behind, uh, behind that was, you know, bringing technology and storytelling together. And one of the things that I had noticed was, you know, it's not the technology that drives storytelling, it's storytelling that drives technology and people are creating technology so they can tell a story in a certain way, you know, whether it's in virtual reality or augmented reality. But one of the big key things, um, you know, like Verizon's company Riot was there and they're their VR, VR arm of Verizon. But, you know, they were talking about the emergence of 5G and some of the capabilities of 5G from mobile perspective. And I wanted to get your feedback because 
I know a lot of the reasons why people have a mobile application versus a web application is because you can deliver a much more robust user experience through the web application than you can with a mobile application. But will 5G change the face of that and cause it to where maybe there's not a need for an application any longer and the same experience for web can be delivered on mobile browser? Yeah, I think that you know there are things that the um, mobile phone manufacturers of the OEMs have done. You know, uh, the Apple, you know, the Apple devices and the iOS um, standards themselves. That you know, today we think that we can offer a better experience through the use of that native technology um, because we can use things like. Um, features on the camera or the microphone and things like that that are you know, more tied together with a device. The other thing that um, as you think about those design experiences, at least at this point, um, there's a lot of consistency as you're navigating, whether you have an Android device or you have um, an Apple device. As you navigate your different applications across your phone, there is a level of consistency that's created in the design standards and the, and the human interaction guidelines that those manufacturers provide um, that creates a sense of recognition for a consumer as they go through those, which is a little bit different than um, the web experience itself, although the functionality may be the same. We do enjoy using things that are you know, native and unique to that form factor, whether it's the face ID, whether it's you know the long hold and and you know popping navigation through that, so I think there will absolutely be an evolution with 5G, and that's going to open things up in a way that um, you know we are just now considering. But I think there are um, things that are really beneficial about the devices and the native devices and those experiences in themselves as they are today, and I would imagine that. Uh, you know, both Android and um, Apple will continue to evolve those things to um, remain competitive and to have that App Store download experience be meaningful uh, to their users of their product as well. Oh, well said, well said. I love it. You know, Carrie, that's that that's funny that you brought up some of those native experiences. One of my coworkers was showing me the new iPhone today, the one that has the seventeen eyeballs. I mean, three cameras on the on the back of it, and uh, it, it, it it was pretty cool because there's no longer a home button for Apple. So, like, all he does is lift up the phone. The phone recognizes his face. It automatically unlocks. And so we were playing some fun games with the phone and trying to get it to unlock with my face, or I put his glasses on my face, and we we're trying to trick it. But I can understand where you're coming from with some of the the native components of the mobile device. Um, but let's talk about security, right? Um, mobile devices, yeah. mobile devices literally contain like everybody's everything. You know, I feel like the mobile devices, like if I got my phone stolen, it would be way worse than getting my wallet stolen. You know what I mean? Um, and so, Absolutely. protecting yourself with uh, with your mobile devices because you know I have my banking stuff on there. I can uh, I'm, I'm a veteran, so I can log into the DoD on my phone. Um, you know, quite a few different things that I have stored on the phone. And so, you know, how is Ally taking security um, to other levels to make sure that if someone's phone or device gets stolen, that they can make sure that their, their bank accounts are safe? Yeah, absolutely. So we don't store the account information um, on your phone or in the app. So um, there's a lot of security that's happening in real time as you're 
interacting with the application. We are authenticating you within that session. So if somebody else picks up your, your phone um, and tries to get into uh, your uh, Ally Bank app, uh, you won't be able to access or, or retrieve that account information without the authentication credentials that we've established as an account holder and, and a bank. Um, so I think that's a you know really important thing for us. And we also have a lot of monitoring that's happening in the back end and we're looking at all of the sessions that people are having and, and we're always looking to identify you know, potentially, you know, fraudulent sessions or fraudulent transactions. And, uh, you know, we stop those uh, immediately and contact our customers um, and validate whether or not those were their transactions or they were indeed fraudulent transactions. Yeah. And I bring up the security of the mobile device just simply because when you're out there doing your holiday shopping, I mean, uh, a lot of people can literally just walk out the out the door with the keys to their car and their phone in their hand. And, you know, they don't need to carry a purse or a wallet anymore because of, you know, Android and Google Pay and Apple Pay and those those things where you can just touch your phone to the terminal and pay. And so I always just felt like, well, what if I had a Word document on my phone or an Excel spreadsheet on my phone and the memory card that you know, had my username and password to a bunch of different places and somebody did hack my phone, they would then at that point be able to log into any application on my phone. Um, well, I would definitely advise you not to do that. <laughs> so I would advise consumers not to uh, write down their username and passwords in a way that's accessible from, you know, the device in which they're logging into. So I'd say in general, that would be a best practice. But there are different challenges that as customers are trying to log into um, you know, mo- mobile banking, online banking applications, not just ours, but others, where we uh, do different types of challenges or um, sometimes depending on the circumstance, uh, we'll lock the account until we're able to talk to and verify uh, the identity of the person that's accessing the the right. account at the time. Yeah, and I, I, I assure you, Carrie, I do not have my passwords on my phone in any <laughs> documentation. I just, I've ran across people that do, you know, and they're, I'm like, yeah, well, why, why do you keep that on your phone? And they're like, oh, well, you know, I, I need to have it easily accessible. And I'm like, do you really need to have it that accessible? Like me, I'm a weird guy. I write stuff down on a piece of paper and I literally have a safe at my house. And so all that stuff goes in there. So if I forget something while I'm out and about, well, too bad, Ryan. You have to wait until you get home, unlock the safe, and go find your password. Right. So that's definitely uh, uh, some best practices from from Ryan's perspective. Keep your stuff locked away. I like that. I like that a lot. That's also it's also where I keep my hardware based Bitcoin key, right? Like my heart, my Bitcoin wallet. It's in my hardware wallet. It's in my safe, so you can't get it. And good luck breaking into right. that. Is like a crazy, <laughs> crazy security for that stuff. Um, you know, talking about uh, the holiday season and, you know, how much fraud is huge, um, we can kind of shift gears, too, because I think, you know, we've we've discussed kind of security and, you know, some of those components as it relates to your mobile device and keeping those things secure. But, you know, let's kind of shift on over to, you know, just the idea of this huge, massive shopping season that happens. And I think a lot of times people look at their shopping list and they go, man, I got a lot of stuff to buy. And sometimes people lose sight of their budget. You know, they 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 overspend for Christmas and then they spend the, you know, next six months of the new year, you know, trying to pay off credit card debt or some of those things. So from your perspective, uh, working in the banking industry, 
number one, how rampant is that problem with people, you know, overspending? And then number two, what are some tips and some tricks that people could leverage to keep themselves within those boundaries so they're not kicking themselves in the butt come January? <laughs> yeah. I think uh, you bring up a great point. Um, people do unfortunately overspend as we um, get into the um, the season and we start to get really excited and we start to spend both uh, our hearts and our passion sometimes more than what our, our budget or our logic tells us to do. And um, you know, we recently looked at a survey that the Harris Poll conducted for NerdWallet and it said that 48 million Americans are still paying off their credit card debt from the last holiday season. So this is a real issue for many, many people. Um, and you know, to your point, um, it's really about thinking about what you want to buy, creating a budget, creating a list. One of the things that we recommend doing is really looking at that list and that budget at a per person level. So it's as simple as whether you want to do it on a piece of paper or a spreadsheet just listing out everybody you want to buy something for and allocating an amount associated with that person. Then you'll have a sense of what your total budget is and you can really, you know, decide whether that's a commitment you want to make from a financial perspective. Um, the other thing to keep in mind is by having a listener budget, uh, you're going to, if you're willing to follow it, uh, be more able to stay within that budget. Uh, we have six days fewer this holiday season than last, so it is uh, important to plan out so you don't end up in that last-minute crunch of running out of time and then feeling as if you have to spend more in order to complete your shopping list. Um, one of the things that I also recommend doing is not just the budgeting aspect of it, but using the same spreadsheet or list to keep track of what you've actually bought for people. It's a great way, uh, especially for a family like what you've described, Ryan, where you buy a lot of stuff online and a lot of stuff from Amazon. It's a great way to keep track of the delivery of those packages if you're having them delivered to your house. Uh, sometimes those boxes can stack up in your, in your living room or your spare bedroom, and uh, you may not go to actually wrap those until the night before. Uh, but by keeping track of uh, the orders and the order statuses in the list, you'll you'll make sure that you have everything and and that nothing's missing the the day before uh, the holiday itself. Um, it's also a great way to keep track of things if you need to return stuff. It's great to be able to go back to a list and see you know, where you bought something from somebody for. Um, and then by kind of planning that out, one of the things that uh, a really practical tip is it allows you to think through where you want to buy these things, and a lot of times you have a minimum that you have to spend in order to get that free shipping. You know, without that, you could be spending extra you know, 8 to $15 on shipping for each present, which really can inflate your budget before you even realize that that's happened. Uh, so by having that kind of full list of what you want to do for who can really save money uh, through the holiday season. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a great point on two fronts. Um, I, I I do order a lot from Amazon, and it it does right because let's say you order three or four items on Amazon, and they'll all come in one box, but those three or four items could be for three or four different people, right? And so what I started doing was I actually have I started using the boxes that Amazon sent me to create bins in my closet, and then if it was you know for my mom gets a couple things, my wife gets a couple things, my I have I have a a, a, a young daughter. And an older son, they get a couple things. And so then I have them all separated in the boxes that Amazon gave me. So not only did Amazon give
give me, you know, the the nice presents. They also gave me the containers to keep them organized. That's fantastic. Um, you know, one other thing that, uh, as you think about online banking and mobile banking tools that you can use, most uh, banks and financial institutions today offer some sort of debit card management software tool. Um, at Ally Bank, we have something called the Ally Bank Debit Card Controls app. And normally you use these things for fraud and, and controlling where your card can be used from a fraudulent perspective, but you can also use these tools to manage yourself and to kind of save yourself from yourself, if you will. Uh, you can use these types of uh, online debit card management tools to determine and set whether or not you can make online purchases with your debit card or if it has to be an in-person debit card transaction. You can set transaction limits for the card. So you could say, I don't want any one transaction to go over $100 or $50. And those types of things could really help you as a user to and a consumer to not overspend yeah. by setting those guardrails up in advance of that potentially emotional purchase that can happen while you're, um, you know, e either within a, a store itself, uh, a department store or something, or whether you're online shopping. And then I think if you get to the point where you recognize you've actually spent too much, you can just turn your card off altogether um, and really cut yourself off from the ability to make that sort of uh, spending transaction or that mistake that you'll be paying for into November of next year. Yeah, you bring up a good point. Um, I, I I use Ally Bank, and you know I just want the listeners to know this interview did not come by the way of Ryan Banks at Ally. So Ryan wanted to interview somebody at Ally. We came around a way different manner through through public relations, uh, and so. But I agree. Like I'll give you an example. Yesterday I was I was out and about, and I'm I had stopped at Walmart to grab a couple of things, and as soon as I ran my my debit card, I got the alert on my phone that you know hey your card was used for this amount of money, and then later on in the day. Uh, we were going to pick up my daughter and we we're going to go to Sonic and get some hamburgers. And so I went and spent money on hamburgers. And then I remembered immediately from earlier in the day, like, oh, I got an alert from Walmart that said that I spent 40 something dollars. And then I just spent $30. And I'm like, man, I just spent 70 something dollars in one day for literally yeah. no reason. And so it, it is a really good way to kind of self police your spending and make sure that that's, you know, not getting out of control. But I think on another note, when you talk about, you know, debit card purchases for uh, online shopping, my mom for for the longest time right when you know i'm i'm a child of the internet right so i was uh i was in high school when the internet kind of came about and you know i remember using netscape and apple 2e computers so i guess i'm dating myself just a little bit as well um one of the crazy things that my mom had always done is she had always told me, you know, Ryan, don't use your debit card when you're shopping on the internet. Always use a credit card. My mother even goes to the extent of goes to Walmart. She has a prepaid card that she buys at Walmart that she loads. Oh. She loads with money there and then does her online shopping with that card so as not to, to have this other level of protection. It's 2020 almost. Are we to a level that we don't necessarily need to worry about using the debit card for online shopping? Or is it still best practices to use a credit card for the online shopping and then pay that balance? It is not a best practice to use your credit card over your debit card. You can use either card and you know through this 
the financial system that we have and the regulation we have, there's a lot of protection for consumers on both credit and debit cards. Uh, with a debit card, if you notice a transaction that uh, is suspicious or fraudulent, you just need to call your, your bank and let them know as soon as you notice that and they will um, issue credit to you while they investigate that in the same way that a credit card company would do that. So there is no advantage um, or, or disadvantage, if you will, uh, to choose one over the other. Um, I think the other thing about using your debit card over your credit card is that if you uh, need to manage your money uh, more closely and your transactions more closely, it really does put you in a position to not overspend um, and it allows you to have a real, real-time view of uh, the money that you're spending and how much you have left. Whereas sometimes with a credit card, uh, it, if you're not logging into your credit card account with great frequency, uh, you could let that get past you um, and end up uh, not being able to pay it all off uh, when the bill comes in. Yeah, no, that's a really big point and something that my wife and I went through uh, for some time. It was a couple of years ago, but, you know, I was looking at, oh, the credit card, I get, you know, cash back money. So why not just use the credit card for all of the spending, you know, and, and, and mathematically speaking, yes, if I spent, you know, a thousand dollars a month and I had, you know, 2% cash back, then I was spending 2% less than a thousand dollars when I was buying a thousand dollars worth of goods. Problem being is I wasn't seeing the money come out of my bank account. And so you just whip out the card and you're paying for this and you're paying for that. And the next thing you know, you're like, I owe my credit card $3,000. And, you know, and, right. and, it, and it does. It, it, it really bit my wife and I, you know, really hard. It took us about a year to get out from underneath that particular item or that, that card because, you know, we were so enamored with cash back. We weren't using the debit card. We were only using the credit card. And then, you know, it took us a little while. And, um, you know, I had to, I had to go back to, um, you know, uh, some financial advisors advice that I had gotten a long time ago about I had to eat beans and rice for a few, for a few months, <laughs> you know, um, and, 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 yeah. and, and get that back. I had to, I had to snowball it back to a proper, uh, proper area. I'm purposely not using his name cause I'm not going to promote somebody else on this show. Um, but, but you know what I mean? Like you gotta be very careful if you use the debit card, you could, you can, can see it. So, you know, we're all out and about, we're shopping, you know, we're, we're, we're going to the different places and then we're like, oh, let's go to Starbucks, let's get some coffee, you know, while we're shopping on a Saturday afternoon. And uh, I don't have the, uh, the unlimited data on my phone, so I'm gonna jump on Starbucks Wi-Fi. I'm gonna do a little banking on there. Tell us why that's not a good idea. Yeah, in, you know, in general, um, you know, you want to connect anything that's got your personal information, whether it's it's banking, health, anything, frankly, even your email. Um, you want to be really careful about what information goes over uh, public Wi-Fi. Uh, there uh, are people who uh, look to just take advantage of that, and they will be, um, you know, monitoring and sniffing out those Wi-Fi networks and. Uh, they also are able to get on them as they are public and they will look to pull whatever um, packets and data of, inf uh, of information they can, which can include, uh, you know, credit card information if it's not appropriately masked on whatever site that you're, that you're entering it into. So it is always best practice to, you know, just treat your financial information uh, with a, a lot of uh, 
safety and and uh, be very, very aware of your surroundings, whether they're physical or virtual surroundings. Uh, always be very, very cautious, including, um, you know, beyond even just that Wi-Fi network, even a suspicious-looking ATMs. There are uh, folks out there who make it their job to uh, steal other people's information, and they will... Uh, set up skimmers that can read your credit card and ATM debit card information um, off of a device as you think you're inserting it into uh, an actual ATM. So you just yeah. want to always have that extra caution as you approach anything to do with your uh, financial life. Carrie, I have an interesting story along that line, and you're, you, you'll you'll completely understand. I was going to Chevron to get some gas. And um, I don't know, some, there was a news story or something that I had heard a couple of weeks back before this happened a couple of weeks ago. And um, they said something about like, you know, being uh, uh, cognizant of your surroundings and looking at the terminal that you're going to put your card in. And, you know, one guy even said, you know, maybe grab the terminal and shake it a little bit to see, because I know there's, there's like pop on uh, pieces that they put over the card reader, which can extract your card information. Um, and so I was at Chevron and I'm looking at this pump and for whatever reason, it looked a little weird to me. And I shook the little card reader and the whole thing popped off in my hand. Right. Oh my gosh. Right. So it popped off in my hand and then I immediately went uh, and I hadn't put my card in yet. I took it into the store with me and uh, the manager came out and he unlocked the uh, inside of the pump. And there was another device inside the pump that was tied to a camera that was sitting up above a little tiny camera that was pointed down looking at the pin pad. So as you would put your card in, they would extract the information and then record you putting your pin into the pad. And this was the first time I actually firsthand realized like, holy, this this is really legit. Wow. You got to be really careful. Okay. Um, and so, yeah. and so I urge people like for my own personal experience, be extremely cautious when you're using uh, stuff, especially when you're paying for gas at the pump, um, because those things are, you know, those gas places are open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And, you know, people That's can right. just, they can just slip in there and put those card readers on. But, you know, I had always thought, Oh, it's not going to happen to me. But for whatever reason, I just decided that day I was going to grab that thing and shake it. And it came off in my hand. I'm glad you did. And I, I think the way you described it is perfect. If anything looks off, there's a chance it is off. And, and, you know, whether you shake it or, you know, just pull around to a different pump or go to a different gas station or go to a different ATM, uh, it's it's not worth the, um, the work of having to um, have that card replaced if you need to have it replaced, if, if you can just move five feet to the next gas pump to, to avoid that uh, information from being stolen. Yeah, and you can always just walk inside the store and buy like a bag, a bag exactly. of chips and get some cash back, right? Which would and, and then use that to pay for your gas or, or or some other solution besides that. But yeah, that's that's definitely good advice. Something that I had some experience with. As you guys are kind of looking in your crystal ball at Ally and and looking towards the future, and you know, I feel like I feel like next year being twenty twenty is such a a big thing for a lot of people. Um, I did expect that by now we'd be flying in cars like the Jetsons because I grew up watching the Jetsons. So I'm like twenty twenty, right? We're gonna be flying in cars, but you know, we're not quite there yet. But as, as you guys are looking at what you're doing for you know your user experiences and managing those and providing security, what's on the horizon? for Ally moving forward for 2020 and beyond? 
Yeah, I think um, you'll see us making some announcements probably later uh, this year and early next year around some new new tools that we're going to be uh, rolling out to our customers to be able to better manage their money and have uh, better visibility into um, the money that they have. Uh, so that's something that we've been working on this year and we're really excited about it. Uh, that's something you'll be able to see on Ally.com. Um, so just keep an eye on that as well as our uh, social uh, media um, outlets like Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, and if you guys uh, want to follow their social media stuff, you can go to facebook.com forward slash ally. And then, of course, on Twitter, you can find them at Ally Financial. Man, what a what a show, Harry. This is great. This is a great show. I love, I love talking about this kind of stuff and helping people out. Uh, Carrie, I appreciate you being on the show with us today on finding your frequency and giving some tips and tricks on how to protect your money in this holiday season and make some good decisions. Before we go, is there anything else you want to let our listeners know about how important banking is? Uh, yeah, I would just say that uh, managing your money enables you and empowers you to manage your life. And uh, the more that you um, can take ownership and control of that and the more visibility you have and how you're spending and where you're saving and and how you can save uh, even more for the things that are important to you, I think the better off you'll be. And I think, you know, there's folks that banks around the country that um, do similar jobs to what we do here. And, and I can tell you, we are all working hard to make sure that our customers are having uh, not just the best experiences on our sites, but that we are in enabling and empowering them to uh, really live their lives to their fullest. So I would just encourage people to take advantage of those tools and the information that you can find out about how you're spending money um, and keeping track of that in a way that uh, just empowers you to do the most that uh, you want to do with your life. Oh, very, very well said. Carrie Sumland, Digital Consumer Executive for Ally Bank right here on Finding Your Frequency. Guys, make sure you go check out Ally's website at ally.com. A lot of cool things over there. And of course, like I mentioned earlier, you can check out their Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash ally, and then on Twitter at Ally Financial. Well, I want to wish you all a fantastic Thanksgiving, Carrie. What are you guys going to be having uh, on, on on your Thanksgiving table that's your favorite? Uh, my favorite is probably the sweet potato casserole. Oh, does your family put marshmallows in it? Absolutely, and pineapple. Oh, that sounds amazing. amazing. Yeah, that's one of my favorite <laughs> ones too. That's awesome. Well, Carrie, thank you so much for joining us on Finding Your Frequency. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to voiceamerica.com, the leader in live internet talk radio. And make sure while you guys are out there shopping for the holiday season, keep yourself safe. Keep a watch on your bank account. Don't spend more than you earn. This is Ryan Treasure on Fighting a Frequency. We'll talk to you next time.